and welcome to what? Why? 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 Keep going. Quality. Hello and welcome to 365 Degrees Podcast, Season Two, Episode Nine. My name is Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ray Blanford from All About Symbian and All About Windows Phone. And I'm Ewan McLeod from Mobile Industry Review and The Pursuit of Quality. Welcome back to so we're now well into the song event, our second one of 2012. Right. And, and um, do you remember last week when we talked about our predictions for 2012? And I that do. was in no way recorded more than just 10 minutes ago. So there's a secret inside inside tip for sometimes we record more than one of these at a time. Ben has now taken his clothes off. I have, I have. It's, the Emperor has no clothes. So it's cold in here, stop looking. <laughs> All right. So this week's this week's theme, I think, is going to be controversial. And um, please, please send all correspondence marks. You and McLeod. We have to yeah. keep on talking about BlackBerry all the time. No, we're not talking about BlackBerry. So this week's this week's title is Apple is the new Nokia. <laughs> Discuss now. It's not quite as, as as radical as we thought, but the theory here is that. When Apple launched the iPhone, it was revolutionary in a number of ways. It it was specialist, it was niche, it was limited, but in terms of the ideas behind it and the way that it worked technically, it was genuinely revolutionary. But the mobile industry works in cycles. Um, Rafe, you said it's you, you were talking about how every platform, every mobile operating system is optimized for the challenges at the time it's launched. Yes, the idea here is that you quite rightly design a platform and to an extent the devices that then go with it for the moment at which you launch it. But the mobile market is such that it is continually evolving and unusually fast for any industry. And you can plan ahead, but you can only plan ahead as far as you can see. And you, you, and how, you know your, your field of vision is only a few years hence. That, that's right. And you can build a certain amount of flexibility into a platform, and some do that more successfully than others. But I would argue you can see at most five years ahead, at which point you then need to do maybe a reset on the platform or at least a rethink. And I think if we look into the past history, we can see that very clearly. For example, the early pioneers was Symbian, and they designed it around very specific properties. And that was mainly resource constraints and that kind of thing. Five years later... It wasn't the best that could be offered. It didn't offer the optimal user experience, and why, giving Apple the chance to come in. Why is this a problem? Just factor back a little minute, uh, because you, you can't just knock out a handset. You, you can't just knock out a handset because there is a lot of complex technology, and if you're creating something particularly that is flexible, allowing apps or third-party services, these are not static products. These things, that when the consumers get them, they evolve and also evolve over time so that is almost a double wham so if i say i want to make a handset how long is it going to take before that comes into your hand well that's a that's another problem that um five years ago it was maybe three years and that's assuming you had a certain amount of expertise it has got easier now but when i say it's got easier that's because you're buying off-the-shelf components and those off-the-shelf components are only suitable for a set period of time and so there is this almost inbuilt you know shelf life or best before date for every single mobile product that's launched and that's not just devices it's the platforms as well uh, that's key isn't it because it used to be that you could create a mobile handset and maybe you needed to have the operating system that would run some apps on the device i'm thinking symbian but now you need 
the app store, the developer ecosystem, some way of distributing content, you need operator billing, you need integration with third-party devices, you probably need to create a whole bunch of other services around it. Well, let's take something very simple like notifications and see the way each platform has dealt with them. And actually, both Android and iOS, this is an example where they're starting to get to the edge where notifications were almost a secondary consideration because when they were first done... And that wasn't a big deal. And you can see it in the UI, particularly for Apple, but also I'd argue for Android and some of the back-end engineering, the way they're constructed, the effect they have on power and all of that. And notifications are the kind of in-between state. There are things coming. And for me, actually, it's about the connecting beyond just a singular device. You know, mobiles are very much, it's all about what happens on the device. Looking to the next decade, they're going to be part of a wider you know, pattern of devices. And none of the current platform devices feel very well set up for that. So why is Apple the next Nokia? What's the point you were trying to make there? The point, I guess, is that Apple is at the top of its game right now. I don't think anyone would dispute that. But it's about what happens in the next two or three years for Apple and the challenges it faces. And I would say the reason it's like the new Nokia is it's exactly the challenges that Nokia was facing Five years ago, it was on the top of its game. It had produced the N95. You know, it controlled 80% of the smartphone market, far more than Apple does now. It was totally dominant. And you look at what happened in the following five years. And yes, the market's very different, but I think that circular nature is still there. And I think the risk is the decisions that Apple make now will have an impact in three or four years. So it needs to make the right decisions. So what we're, we're not predicting that Apple is going to crash and burn as badly as Nokia's Symbian ecosystem did. But what we're saying is that they will be having a reset. You can foresee it now. And uh, the decisions they make about what they do about a reset are are really going to determine their success, independent of tablets, you know, form factors, camera pixels, you know, screen sizes, battery life. It's all about... What do you mean reset? So this is the point where you say exactly what Rafe was talking about there, that, that my, uh, my platform, my ecosystem is old now. It's tired. And rather than doing a rim, sorry, you know, just eking it out and eking it out and just trying to keep going and seeing your market slowly be eroded by all of the people around you who are more modern and more recent, um, that you say no, I'm going to take charge, I'm going to take control of this, I'm going to decide to reset in a controlled way, I'm going to refresh my platform, and I'm going to do launch my next set of devices, you know, starting afresh. Now, the, with Nokia, they left it too late, and it kind of, they had to choose a third-party platform, you know, yeah, somebody else's platform, the point because it was, you had to do it in a hurry. But the nice, I think the good thing about Apple is that they've done this before, on their desktop environment. Well, they because do it all they, the time. Well, but they changed from OS... No, I'm, going, I'm not a Mac geek, but yeah. they changed from OS 9 to OS X, which, if you're not familiar with the Mac ecosystem, effectively meant that the whole operating system changed completely. UI, technology, yeah. platform, and there was some compatibility layer that meant your, like, your apps would transition across. It sort of worked, yeah. It yeah, sort yeah. of worked. But actually, what they did was they acknowledged on the desktop that to produce... You know, a quality that was going to see them through for the next however many years. They needed to reset. And I think that, as, as Rafe says, now they're at the top of their game, they need to be planning that reset 
for the for the iPhone platform and and tablets, uh, so that they can execute it in the next few years. Yeah, because there are some strategic decisions they will have to make, and the UI is the one that's held up as being a bit old and boring now. I think you can get too much into that, but you can see what Android has done to iOS in terms of, you know, and Steve Jobs getting very angry with what Android was doing to you. He saw it as a copy. Yeah. Actually, I think Android was doing something different. It was a different approach, and I think actually the same problem will face Android in due course. But Apple say we have the conversation about iPhone Mini or iPhone Nano. Mm. It's the decisions made now strategically in terms of the engineering of the platform that will dictate how successful that strategy can be. You know, the design of the devices is almost irrelevant. We know Apple are good at that. They can do that. It's the stuff that you don't see, the the kind of the bits that sit underneath it that will determine success or failure. And it's quite crucial, actually, that we... When you talk about the stuff that's visible, we talk about, like I say, OS X was really notable because it was kind of a big visual refresh. It made things pretty. It like took the best ideas of every other platform and had included a whole bunch of you know imagination and design that just kind of moved the whole thing on and and arguably forced Windows to have their big refresh in terms of visual the, the way that it looks now. Now they didn't do a complete reset underneath the technology underpinning, but they had to do a big re-engineer. But with the mobile ecosystems, I think actually what will be equally important for them will be the developer platforms as well. Because as much as you might say, looking at my iPhone, notifications are a bit wonky and it's not great at handling as many apps as I would like now because it was designed for a world when you only had a few and now exactly. I've got yeah. you know twenty pages of apps and all this kind of stuff and you know kind of it's begin it's beginning to show its signs of age yes. because it, it it is grown outgrown you know its skin basically but actually talk to developers talk to developers what they prefer developing for um, whether they would prefer to develop for Windows Phone let's say or for iPhone and you know a lot of the new platforms now. They're not necessarily better than, than than iPhone, but they include a lot of features, a lot of built-in capabilities, a lot of elegance, a lot of developer We've tools moved to support. A level up, right? yeah, just basically, yeah, because everybody got to iPhone level, yeah. and and then everybody went, well, I can make that just ten percent better, twenty percent better. You know, I mean, for for well, again, talking about technology, but even things like Nokia's Cute, uh, you know, is actually. Although it's kind of, you know, drowning in a sea of irrelevance now, you know, because of Windows Phone, um, it was actually quite innovative and it's got some really smart ideas about how developers build software and, you know, that that's not available on the iPhone platform. Yeah, and that kind of developer elegance is a, a key point of differentiation or a key reason why you might get things into your platform uh, because it's not an entirely business, you know, money-based decision and, of course, actually, the, the strength of the ease of development has a direct impact, and it, it's measurable. And I think that will become more important as the idea that, you know, mobiles, you know, the, the last age of smartphones was about making them like computers. But actually, everyone's recognised that they're not really computers. They're a class of device apart. And you need to think in a mobile-first way and I think that's what we're seeing in the sort of the, the next stage. And the idea of apps is very much inherited from the PC. But actually, apps is a pretty narrowly defined way to do things. They sit in a silo. It's services, right? It, it's, it's services. That, it's quite hard to Interface. describe it because it's yet to appear. But it's this 
almost this globular thing of experience that yes. will appear and the idea Surface of AI too. coming in, stuff drifting up to the surface, glanceability, all these buzzwords that are talked about. They're absolutely right, but you need to have the architecture sitting underneath it. Uh, and Windows Phone is actually an example of a platform that's clearly been defined several years after iOS and Android. And you look at the technology that's coming in, and it's things like their live tiles. Um, I think it's one of the most elegant bits of the interface, and it's nothing to do with the look. It's actually the way you can pin certain information to it and then dive straight into it rather than going into the app and then paging across a couple of pages. And the boarding pass example is always used, but that's really, really good. Or music recognition, being on device for ages, how many people really use it regularly? Not as many as they should because it's too difficult. If you've got something in your intermediate recognition, press one thing, boom, it's straight there. That's what I'm talking about is sort of coming next. And that's where I think Apple at the moment is weak. Because you judge... Uh, you, you judge anything, any piece of technology, consumer electronics, relative to everything else that's in the marketplace. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that's launched after the iPhone, which had the advantage of taking all of the, seeing all of the stuff that worked well and was popular, what looked nice, what people liked, and building on it. So Rafe's right about live tiles and things like that. And and you look at any any market, there's there's trends and fashions as well. And there'll come a point where just because it's looked the same for a while, it needs to change. Well, I was seriously annoyed, just from a fashion standpoint, that the iPhone 4S arrived. And I have a 4S on the table right now. And anyone walking by, they don't know whether or not I am well off enough to have... <laughs> the, the you and snob factor again. Well, right. That's why we're all... Why are we not all using five quid Nokia handsets? There is a massive element of fashion and status to these devices. Uh, and the fact that Apple didn't do that is very, very annoying. The, the other, there must be a change for the fact. Well, we know, but it has to be a change. The other thing, of course, is that it's very difficult now to do you know, innovation on the iPhone 4, 4S, mm. you know, form factor software that absolutely blows people away yes. because you have to maintain all the compatibility. You've got all the chip sets and the limitations there. You know, you've even got the form factor and the size. And, you know, Apple has a massive accessory ecosystem. Yes. So it's even tied into, you know, kind of that connector where it is on the device and that kind of stuff. And that's fine. They have been able to make amazing devices up till now within those constraints. But, you know, the retina display, you know, wowed everybody. But you can't keep now incrementally just adding, a, you know, adding Siri, adding a slightly better well, they, camera. They got away with Siri because you, always, if you push and hold, that's how you access it. Or you hold up. I mean, there's a, a limit to what you can do here. But also that, that's kind of just filling in some gaps or taking some opportunities within that thing. But then there comes a point where if you want to be the brand that is recognised for innovation and, and, you know, Apple's fans love it for amazing design, massive innovation and the kind of what feels like a premium experience all the time. You always feel like it's kind of top quality. You pay for it, but it's top quality. Every so often you're going to have to go, no, I can't do that anymore. You know, I, 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 can't, I can't get away with wearing this suit anymore. It's got holes in. People don't think I look smart. I've got to throw it away and buy a new one. I can't darn the knees or, you know, sort of, you know, fix this anymore. And it's not a criticism. It's not bad news. Everybody does it. But it's interesting that there are those that are best manage that process, recognise it's coming, take charge, and 
and take control of that process and plan for it and you know, bring the users along the journey so that it's, the, it's an upgrade people are excited about. It's when things go wrong. It's when, you know, the, you do it in an uncontrolled fashion. It's when BlackBerry uh, strings, you know, BlackBerry left it so late, their reset was buying QNX, but it was too late yeah, yeah. to bring the new look, feel, wowie interface and everything, you know, to the market in time. So, for example, they're not going to have their devices on the market until next year, arguably, so their, their, QNX, their mainstream QNX uh, BlackBerry's on the market till next year, uh, you know, maybe, uh, arguably, that's missed the boat. You know, they're kind of, yeah, they, they, they no, passed them by can, while they were doing their reset. You can't just say it worked faster. Mm. You know, you, you, it takes a little while to do these things. Well, let me ask you this, gents. Where are the warning signs? Are there any warning signs? I mean, I'm sitting thinking, when they bring out a TV an Apple TV, a physical LCD-style monitor. Um, I'm sure that there's some amazing stuff with it, and I'll probably buy a couple. You know, and, and so oh, Apple isn't a mobile but it's gonna, firm, right? But, but it's gonna, I think it's gonna make, that situation is going to make it worse. Yeah, right, yeah, because, because gonna, they have to be... Uh, well, uh, they've got to commit to this particular form factor. Well, right? not just the form factor, but let's say let's say Apple release a TV and they yeah. go into a new market that they haven't gone into before. They're going to want to do the best TV they can. They're going to need to stream media around at high mm. speed. They're going to need to have video content distribution. They're going to need to just up their game way beyond the current iTunes ecosystem. Great, and I think they will be excellent at it, and it could be an amazing product. But they're not going to be able to make an amazing product with all the constraints of airplay and wi-fi and 30 pin syncing and needing to have your content in itunes or having to sync it up to the itunes to the to to icloud in advance you know through match that's all the right answer for today's ecosystem you know the more things you add in the more you need the reset to be ready to deal with that new challenger because you think they can deliver because they're not a mobile company or are they a mobile company it's an interesting question because of the complexity they've got. They become, they, they, they become a mobile company, but I'm not really sure that that's in their DNA. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I'm not sure I've seen any mobile company perform this particular trick. And part of the issue is it's getting more difficult. I mean, Ben was talking about the ecosystems, all the bits that go with it. You know, there's an agglomeration of stuff now around mobile, Good which word, you need yeah. to address with this at the I'm going to put that in agglomeration (laughs) all this stuff that you need to address at the same time and I I wonder you know we talk about lock-in so Rafe would that be an agglomeration it would be (laughs) we we talk about lock-in we talk about agglomeration sometimes for consumers but actually the same thing applies to these um, you put me off my train (laughs) to developers ecosystem as well Uh, yes that that agglomeration and lock-in, sorry, that lock-in applies, we talk about to consumers, but just as much to developers and these companies themselves. They almost lock themselves in a room and it becomes more difficult to get out. So I wonder how easy it is going to be to reinvent this thing and stay competitive at the same time. Because there is a massive downside here because we just talked about all the upside, all the opportunities and the benefits. Mm. But you and you're an iPhone owner and you have been for a while it's yes. kind of one of your main devices how many how how many hundreds of pounds have you spent on headsets microphones yep. docks speakers cases mm-hmm. um you know um, software uh, this kind of stuff yep. uh, think about the 
I assume it must be hundreds and hundreds of millions that all the developers around the world yeah, have invested in, in... And, and all of that is you know, giving you reasons to not do this switch. Uh, and so it takes a very brave company to pull the trigger fast enough. And that's what's happened to everyone else. Before, and it happens in other industries as well. Let me ask you this here. Have you seen another company um, that has just said, sorry, this is what... Well, not even sorry... This is what we're doing. It is now USB 3 or it's now Thunderbird. You know, because Apple are famous under jobs just saying, sorry, sorry no, they don't even say that. That's me being British. They just go, this is a new uh, reality. And you trust us, it's bit. better for you. You know, you yes. will thank us. Yes. You, you yes. wake up and realize we were right. Um, as in, you, you, we're not listening to your feedback. We're making it for us. And if you want to play in the Apple game, this is the answer. Buy it. So I remember I, I buy a lot of these Mac towers. Uh, and uh, everything was great until I bought a new Mac tower. I uh, plugged in my, well, tried to plug in my video camera, and I'm like, "Where's the plug? Where's it?" And it, it's because Apple just changed it. And so that this that existing, uh, not USB Firewire, four hundred or whatever it is is rubbish. Uh, so it's now Firewire eight hundred. I'm like, "Well, where's so, the cable?" So we know how, on... we know how irritating that is on the PC, but that's only one thing they're changing. The very nature of mobile means you have to change the whole thing at the same time. You know, with a PC so, system, you can switch out one thing at a time. But Dell doesn't do that. Sony doesn't do that. You know, there's this kind of this is about a greed standard and everything because moves nice and slowly. But slowly is the key there, though, isn't yes. it? Yes, because they, they, you don't make mistakes, right? And, and less risk. Whereas Apple, historically, have, they have, just tell they tell you the answer. But also the, under jobs. But being mobile forces you to make those decisions harder because in the PC world, if you're not sure whether to have connector A or connector B, you stick them both in. Yes. And, and you have the, that's the safe option. Uh, but you can't do that on mobile. That's what Ray's talking about. You can't do that on mobile. You can only have one processor, or, or you know, in there, the, the type A or type B. You can only have one connector. So we've, we've seen a flaw, or we've seen an example of the flaw under jobs. Which was this the, the the antenna problem, as in you're holding it wrong, right? Yeah, we've designed it this way. You are holding it wrong, and the market went, um, I don't think so. And then Apple literally said, "Well, uh, here, everyone have a free bumper, and let's just move on. We're not wrong. This is admitting we're wrong, but we're not wrong. Uh, we didn't make a mistake. Just <laughs> look elsewhere." But I think you have to differentiate though. That was PR and sort of their reputation mm-hmm. and I think that is different because was, was that not a hardware failure no, but they, they made a mistake they yeah. made but they made a mistake in one particular thing they did a re, you know a bit of a PR message spin about you know oh we weren't really wrong but everyone knows they were and they fixed it but all but, they did, but that was the reality distortion right that was jobs up on yeah. stage and everyone went oh my but, god he's but we're caught not, it. we're not talking reality distortion here we're talking strategy and architecture which is far more fundamental you can't fix with pr now, now what would be what would with this the jobs in what would have been a disaster culture. take because the antenna was easily fixed because they just replaced it with one that that worked yeah. and your iphone 4s still fits in the same cases yes. and still works the same what about if the processor inside went pop after you'd used it for 30 hours. And they had to say, oh, no, we can no longer use these chips. We're going to have to switch to a different type of chip manufacturer. And that needs a slightly different amount of power, and it takes up slightly more space. And that means we've got to read a, you know, so they, they, we know the history. They, they, because of the way they, they obscure, they hide the tester devices, they hadn't actually ever handled them enough times, you know, uh, in, in, in the real world. And so that's how that, it's was, amazing, isn't that, it? was, that was missed. And, and those other things are easier to test for. But had they made, you know, a really terrible mistake, there was some serious 
defect in there that meant they needed to change it. You know, you could be looking now at the 4S being um, different, you know, having to do that reset in, in, in flight, you know, and, and the brand would have been damaged, the ecosystem would have been damaged because, you know, d- developers might have had to change the way things worked, mm-hmm. accessory manufacturers would have had to adapt their docks so that but speakers... See, I, I think we, we were probably, as, as most people bought Steve Jobs up on stage going... Look, you know, blah, blah, here's a nice slide. It's me again. It's Jobs. Hello. And you weren't expecting this. Here's a me press conference. How are you doing? Ta-da. And we just kind of went, right, move on. There isn't that. They don't have that anymore. So any screw-up at all is going to have to be Tim or Scott or these executives that we, the ensemble ones, up there explaining but I don't think they've got that. I think that matters to us as, as you know, kind of mobile geeks and in, uh, in industry. Well, industry that matters to the, to the to the media, right? Who control what we're all thinking? But I, I, I think though, influence it. it. It does. But the that's why I think that they will Apple more than anyone will want to see this reset coming and control the message because they are paranoid about looking out of control about not you know, controlling every part of it, you know. And so uh, they need, they, I, I no doubt they see this coming and they are already planning for it because the worst that can happen is that, you know, what's his name, Tim, Tim Tom Cook, whatever. Tim Cook. Tim Cook gets up on the stage for the next three product releases and every time the, the, the iPhone 4 SS and the SSSS and, and you know, kind of these tiny little increments, the press increasingly says... It's only, you know, oh, it's another series. It's just another bit of software upgrade. Oh, it's only a few more megapixels. Not as excited. To, do you remember the good old days when Steve Jobs used to get up on stage and you'd, be, and you'd be wowed because yeah. it would be so amazing? And they're, they're almost driven by fear that it won't be completely amazing. And, you know, and so people do say that about the product sometimes, but on the whole, the trend is to be amazing. Oh, I, I almost feel Apple are in a no-win situation now because there will be people who complain if they do change things because of this you know, drag that we're talking about. And if they don't change things, there'll be more of this. And as there have been in the last few keynotes, well, that wasn't really as good as the... Oh, the 4S one was terrible. Yeah, uh, but even the iPhone 4, people were sort of going, it looks, it's a new design, but it's not doing anything fundamentally that different. But the interesting thing about the 3S and the 4S was that Apple, that was Apple making a change in flight from an annual release cycle to a two-yearly release cycle with a, a maintenance release in the middle. Yeah? And that caused a little bit of grumbling. But imagine then when you scale that up to the whole ecosystem, not just the release cycle, which, let's frankly, mm. you know, the expectation of an annual cycle was set by Apple in the first place anyway. Yes. They could have set it at 18 months or two years or whatever. So they have to see this coming. But I, I agree with Rafe. They, they're damned if they do. They're damned if they don't. You asked earlier, though, who else has done this, you know, well, without it being, you know, a complete disaster. And I really, I, I, if, if anyone's listening and can think of any examples apart from Apple, I'd be really interested to hear them. The car because, manufacturers, perhaps? I'd say the car manufacturers get closest, but, you know, because you look at the way Ford transformed itself, particularly with the way it adopted some of the Japanese business culture. But even then, it, it was quite clear it was teetering, and I, I can't think of any examples where it's been totally seamless. But also, I think things like the auto industry—they don't have, yeah—they don't really have a developer ecosystem equivalent. No, third-party accessory manufacturers 
produced for the vehicle at the time it was kind of sold. You don't have a continuing flow of accessories. So there's some parallels, definitely like, you know, independent garages and things need to be able to service these things and consumers maybe want to have a, a familiar experience. So, for example, I remember um, when uh, Ford did their be reset, I was actually working for them at the time, and they brought out, they changed to the new uh, design language that they were launching and a lot of their current consumers said i don't like the way that car looks i won't like the way that ford used to look you know and even then that caused upset because i was a ford buyer because i liked the way they looked because that was my image that was you know the 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 someone said something about me as an individual and the thing and and it, and it completely changed like when the bmw in i think globally but they released the five series and that was the prestigious, you know, sort of premium, luxury, large vehicle size. And they did a very, very sort of daring, angular design. And lots of people who would buy that had quite conservative business, older person's tastes. He says, offending nearly everyone who could possibly be listening. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? And, and, but even, even changing styling is challenging and causes ripples with consumers. Well, imagine if, you know, all the things in that car primarily came from an ecosystem developed by third parties who were entirely dependent on it, you know, on that. that. Imagine if the, the seats had to fit in, you bought them from someone else. And, you know, the, all you... The, the, was it, no, Apple is lucky, though, because they, ha- they still have this halo, right? Because they, they can still say, we... And remember Steve, right? But, but if, what, what, yeah, how long is that going to last? Well, exactly. So um, you're an iPhone developer today, and all of a sudden, all of your investment in code tools, experience, knowledge, even the things that make your apps more reliable than other people's because you've learned the niggles and the nuances mm-hmm. of the operating system and how it best works. And you know, let's face it, all the stuff that when you go out and look for an iPhone developer, you look for guys who've done it loads before because yeah, they can good. just you know, cope with all the challenges of real-world programming. All that counts for nothing because, you know, although it's still an Apple phone, the Apple, the next iPhone is a new platform from scratch. But they've got quite a lot of. I mean, there's not. There's a lot of inertia. Uh, not not inertia. Uh, momentum. Yeah, momentum. Sorry. Yeah. I. I. You think we're going to see a couple of years before this problem occurs? Well, uh, the timing one is is interesting because I think the the thing is that Ben and I have been saying is it's the decisions they make now have an effect in a couple of years, and I agree it won't be that visible in the next couple of years. You'll start seeing the hints of it. And the, the reason I say that is it's partly to do with product life cycle in the mobile industry. But let's just wind the clock back 10 years, 2001. That's basically the time at which Symbian started coming out. And sort of five, six years later, 2006, they're at the top of their game. What else happened in 2006? Or just around that period. That was when Apple first announced the iPhone. Yeah. We're now sitting five or six years later in 2012. So Apple, it's the same timing. I, I suspect Apple is going to, because of the nature of the company, can extend that a couple of years. But I do think it's the conversation they need to be having now, even if the impact to most consumers isn't visible for the next couple of years. And the big problem for them is they have credible opposition now, which they didn't really have the first time around. Android is an option for people. So is Windows Phone. They are at the good enough stage. You can make the arguments about which is best, but that's almost irrelevant. They are all of a standard now. Mm-hmm. And I think Android has about a year or two's advantage over uh, iOS. And I think Windows Phone... Because it will Phone, have to go through this reset the same. Because they, they'll have to go through the reset too. And we've we'll ca- we'll kind of seen that a little bit with Android. And they have a different business, actually. So we can't just 
lay down a, a pattern. But I think the most obvious example is Windows Phone, which is doing some things differently. And you can see where it's learned from Apple. And yes, it's doing it in a Microsoft way in terms of licensing and the way it deals with developers. But I do think that Apple now faces challenge um, and it will be really interesting to watch. And I think the, the other factor which complicates that is that now the mobile industry is one of the biggest most visible huge. most n- not just huge in terms Brilliant. of sales yeah. but the way that it is now in the middle of loads of other ecosystems it's entertainment it's business hospitality. it's hospitality it's finance and it's got its fingers in lots of pies and the mobile industry now is changing at a huge rate but also it's also moving around the world so when Apple designed the iPhone to replace, not to replace Symbian, but as the kind of the anti-Symbian to be the new, the response the to you know, what the what what phones needed to be in 2006. They addressed primarily a North American, Western Europe market, and they have expanded beyond that. But you know that that was where they needed to target. But if I was sitting in a boardroom now, thinking about developing a, a platform that was going to be the platform to launch in two or three years' time to be the thing that made me the dominant mobile player, I wouldn't be worried about North America. To be perfectly honest, no. I would be worrying about what would play well in the Chinese market, in India, across Asia Pacific. And the problem is that those markets are. I don't know anyone who would argue that they won't be the dominant market, but they haven't matured to the point where you can kind of understand where they'll end up, what those consumers will want. All we can see about them is they have unique characteristics and they're not the same as the West. So what that means for the mobile industry is when you're building these platforms, you need to build in for the fact there is a great deal more diversity in the market now than there was five years ago. And that makes it much, much more difficult to design. And maybe you have different platforms or maybe you just fragment your platform with different ways of presentation or build different apps. But it, it, it's a, I think it's a bigger gamble. It, was a, it, was a, it, wasn't a sta- it wasn't a static target back in 2006, but I think you could project where it was going, yeah. whereas now it's really, really shifting all over the shop. And you can almost make the argument that this next phase might be getting towards the end game in the sense that the cycle does keep repeating, but after a certain point, you do reduce it down to fewer players. And you can maybe look at something like the internet and search engines, where Google came out of a, a cycle of search engines appearing every couple of years and was the ultimate winner. I don't think it'll ever be that way in mobile because of what Ben was saying about it sort of taking over other industries. It's going to continue to evolve and keep moving. And certainly, I can't see for we the next decade, yeah. we haven't seen anything yet. It's, it's kind of the nature of it. But the next phase is going to be really, really important. And, you know, Apple, if they want to stay at the top table and not become, you know, they can be perfectly successful as a boutique player, but that won't satisfy them. They have an ambition well, to be one of three. No, absolutely not. And the amount of cash they have on hand, and, it, you know, it is Google, Microsoft, Apple. But you have to pedal hard to stay still. And what we're saying here is that they have to decide in which direction to pedal really hard. So I think sometimes there's a misconception that, you know, if you kind of make something awesome, then that's great and everybody has to compete with that. No, actually, everybody is, you know, going along at a really fast rate. And and it's about actually keeping up because if you stop, pause, or even you just kind of do a BlackBerry and, and, and just leave it slightly too long. Or start looking at TVs. You're left behind. 
I, 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 you could get distracted, definitely. I mean, I, I think because of the ecosystem, TVs are complementary rather yeah. than distracting, but there are plenty of other things. Yeah, how much executive time and how much you know, distraction are you going to have to look yeah. to service this TV? Yeah. But for every, for, for every good idea, there's a bunch of distractions which could really scupper things. And it's the idea how much should you do versus how much should you get the third parties to do and you know, yeah, with something you like the TV, it? is it complementary enough that actually what you should really be doing is providing a, a standard to interact with? Enough plugging. And it, yeah. um, it's not just TVs. I mean, people have accepted you don't do apps yourselves. You get developers to do that. But the time was when the idea of putting third-party apps on your phone was, was ludicrous. Mm. Of course we want to control the experience completely. Mm. Can we think about the things that are currently the provenance of the manufacturers or the platform that might might go out to third parties. That's the kind of strategic things I need to think about now. It's a head scratcher. But for the first time in a while, we haven't kind of violently disagreed with each other. Which well, I, I think you're absolutely wrong, and I will contest that. <laughs> well, actually, what, what will happen now is that we spend 30 minutes congratulating ourselves on our amazing insight, and all, <laughs> people are already typing angry emails entitled, you don't know what you're talking about, you fools. So uh, please direct those to you and McLeod. Uh, actually, no, leave them as a comment below wherever you hear this on Wireless Worker, Mobile History Review, all about Symbian, all about Windows Phone. Thank you very much for listening. Bit of a head scratch. But I reckon we should we should revisit this theme because everything we've said today holds true for all the other platforms as well. And we do but, need to look at Samsung as well. And we'll talk about Samsung as well because they will play large in this. Thank you for listening. As always, a pleasure. Uh, last one in season two coming up next week. So uh, we better plan something pretty awesome, guys. So uh, to the pub. We can say lots of love to everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.